1: Twenty-one-year-old suspected Pentagon leaker Jack Teixeira was back in court to waive his right to a preliminary hearing. It sounds like they captured the guy, or at least the kid behind the uh, major government data hack recently.
2: Major government data hack, my butt.
3: We're talking about national. Well, you don't care about national security, but oh, that's some actually of us who not. That's You're not true. You're in How could you not care?
2: I would never have leaked it. I would never have published it. This kid's a dope.
3: No one disagrees with the fact he's not some evil spy. He's an idiot that wanted to prove to a group of his peers yep. that uh, I'm a, the big man on campus. Look what I can show you. But he's a twerp.
1: It just seems like he had a little uh, nerd enclave that he wanted to impress on a Discord server while they're sharing a bunch of like racist and anti-Semitic memes and in order to make himself look even more cool, he's like, hey kids, government secrets.
2: Now, in Adam's you know, defense here, He did leak what we knew about Russia and Ukraine and some other salient facts. But were they really salient facts? Do you think Russia doesn't know what's actually happening in Ukraine and like what their problems are supply-wise are? Everybody knows we know.
1: Well, one big thing that it does is it can help uh, to expose your sources, even if the information on there wasn't really that super sensitive, uh, which it sounds like it was. The question of how did they how did the uh, U.S. government know about this? And then if you take a look at that, then you can actually start tracing it back to likely sources of intelligence within your own government. And that could end up uh, endangering us.
3: This is the problem. Through what was leaked, we can now figure out kind of where did it all start and whose life might be at risk. But also who did it, and then they can stop it. That's the part that's tough. It's the stopping it part that's very dangerous to this country. Not to mention the fact that You don't want allies to continue to have all of this confirmation of the things that we're doing that will make them less interested in being our ally.
1: At this point, a lot of world leaders are just kind of shrugging, saying like, yeah, of course the U.S. is in our phones. We've known this for a decade now, which I think is a uh, sort of weird place to be at this point.
2: The biggest problem, Adam, is that, you know, this kid was in, uh, where was he, Signal or Telegram? uh, Discord. Discord same same idea. So the whole problem is you're in one of these these meeting places, these digital meeting places, you don't know who else is there, and you know who else is there? Almost certainly spies, right?
3: Well, especially when they say well invitation only, well anybody can fake being anybody else. So therefore they can get in and you think you're talking to one person, but it's somebody else, which is exactly what we live through every day with all the scams going on in cybersecurity. The real question here is we don't know if the others in his group were exploiting him or he just wanted to show them how cool he was
2: well you know i mean the latest on this guy is that he's been doing this for a long time and adam it does beg the question how did nobody in the state department pick up on uh, there was nobody saying anything publicly like on facebook like i know a guy who told me
3: Actually, Bo, I think it would be somebody in the intelligence community. That's fine. But like, how
2: did nobody pick it up?
3: It's terrifying to think that nobody picked it up at all. Shocking. I mean, a lot of it
1: comes down to the same thing that we've seen from like uh, reality winner. You knew it was stamped top secret. You knew what that meant.
4: I knew that. I knew it was secret. But I also knew that I had pledged service to the American people. And at that point in time, it felt like they were being led astray.
1: Chelsea Manning.
4: What I think it boiled down to was this incredible discrepancy, this like cognitive dissonance that I had between what we had access to in the public versus what I actually finally saw on the ground and what we as you know, a collective were really sort of seeing on the ground and experiencing every single day.
1: Which is these are people who had um, security clearance to work on IT. And so even if they weren't supposed to be looking at the data on uh, specific devices, they had access.
2: I don't think that there's an immediate answer, except for the fact that uh, it does seem to me that with AI, AI actually, and, and in quantum computing and all the rest of it, there should be a, ca- a capacity to troll the Internet for known
3: intelligence. I think they do. I just think they'd miss this one. What, what's the most disturbing is a much larger group of people, by a factor of maybe 10, yeah. had very detailed intelligence reports involving the early stages of the Ukraine war, and nobody said anything. Nobody leaked anything from that group, whereas this very smaller group of like-minded individuals, somebody leaked it with this in a matter of weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean the internet is just full of these little pockets and the like where people just, you know, they get so isolated from uh, the outside world that they just start getting weirder and weirder, or make uh, dumber and dumber decisions, or uh, these more ill-advised decisions.
3: Yeah, it's kind of like us.
2: Yeah. Well, they were like a their own little cult. I think that's right. That's right. They were their own little cult.
3: That's kind of like what we're going to talk about on today's episode. And so, welcome to What the Hack, a show about hackers, scammers, and the people they go after. I'm Adam, Cyber Rat Buster.
2: I'm Beau, Cyber, something very serious about cyber. And I'm Travis, Cyber Yellow Jacket Trap. You're a Yellow Jacket Trap?
1: Yeah, those big, weird uh, highlighter colored uh, cups that Yellow Jackets get into and they can't get out
2: of. Wow, that's cruel. You're a cruel man.
3: And today we welcome cult survivors and hosts of the Trust Me podcast, Lola Blanc and Megan Granger. very excited to welcome to our show Lola Blank, who's a filmmaker, musician, and cult survivor, and Megan Granger, who's a former therapist and comic and cult survivor.
0: Woo, I'm gonna correct you, it's actually Blanc. It's Blanc. Blanc. There's no blankness to me, Adam.
3: Blanc,
2: okay. Now, are you a relation of Mel Blanc?
0: No, I wish, it's a made up last name, but. Make up your
2: relatives. Wouldn't that be great? Welcome
3: Mr. Mel Blanc. told me what the storyline was going to be. And I thought, uh, let's see now, which is the toughest voice in the United States? It's either Brooklyn or the Bronx. So I said, why don't I put the two together? So what? That's what come out,
2: Doc. (laughs) 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 Now I'm never going to forget it. If I ever see you somewhere, I'll be like, oh, Miss
3: Blanc. And I promise promise never to Blanc again when we discuss this. Perfect. Okay. You guys were great. We had a lot of fun together on your show. Yeah. Which is a wonderful podcast, a seriously fun podcast, but talking about very serious subjects. And it's called Trust Me, Cults, Extreme Belief and Manipulation. That's which right. is normally we're very happy to have you on our show. So Thank,
4: Thank you for having us. Thank you so much <laughs> for having us. We're so right, excited.
3: So right now, where are you coming from?
4: Los Angeles, California. Koreatown, baby, it's where we where we live. Well, I live in Koreatown. Yep, yeah. Lola's kitchen, dining room, together forever. Hopefully not <laughs> forever, but together forever. <laughs> yeah, Just yeah, not yeah, in yeah. this dining yeah. room forever. Yeah.
3: We are sort of kindred spirits in all of this because what you talk about and what we talk about is really social engineering. How social engineering can really negatively impact people's lives. Mm. You take it from the cult perspective. And we take it from the identity theft, cyber attack, phishing perspective. Yes,
4: there's very, very common similarities. Because cults make you lose your identity, just like identity theft. Hey, that's right. Yeah.
2: So is that, is that true, though? So cults make you lose your identity. That's, the, that's what you're saying. Well,
4: how... in a sweeping phrase, sure. <laughs> yeah, like your sense of self
0: and, and who you identify, like how you identify as a person the things that make you unique as an individual the thing that cults do is they sort of flatten these things and they you know mold you into the their own selves basically a model of themselves and what they want you to be
4: which can feel very good socially
2: yeah i was going i was going to say it sounds like uh kind of the goal of all major religions is the you know losing the self to the group
4: exactly yeah it's nice sometimes
0: yeah, it can be nice to have, a, to have a community and to feel connected to other people and you're sharing this, uh, you're sharing an identity, you have a sense of belonging, but obviously when it starts to become problematic is when you're completely losing your sense of self, your ability to think critically and your connection with all the things you used to love or people you used to know.
2: Both of you, did you grew up in cults, so you did not choose to be in those cults. You came to being in them. Yes.
0: Yes, I was a child, well, I was a mainstream Mormon kid, and my mom was manipulated by a con man who claimed to be a prophet, um, the new Mormon prophet, and he, together with my mom, I joined him, but yes, I was a kid.
3: Your mom was ground zero in that cult, right? I mean, she she was the first.
0: She was. Well, she was not the first that he had manipulated with this particular con, but she was the first in terms of he then expanded this like sealed this like scripture that he had claimed to have translated from an angel which is what joseph smith the founder of mormonism purported to do he then expanded that and now he has a full-fledged group but at the time yes it was just her and like a person here a person there well and and you and
4: me yeah yeah lucky you Mm -hmm.
2: where was this group
0: this was in utah um we were living in the high
2: desert or up north
0: we were living in salt lake at the time um yeah i mean we have connections to cults in southern utah though they are they are all over but in this particular case we were living in the salt lake area the number of like mormon offshoot cults and high control groups and polygamous groups that exist is pretty astounding i think fundamentally the origins of the religion are such that you know it's just a guy who just one day started saying i'm i'm a prophet The churches are wrong. So that just kind of led the way for other people to be like, now I'm the prophet. Now I'm the prophet. Now I'm the prophet.
3: You or your mom or both of you knew the leader of what has become an incredibly infamous cult, Nexium, right?
0: That's right. Yes, I knew Keith Raniere when I was a kid, yeah.
2: If we understood the world, and if we understood ourselves, that's worth everything. ESP Nexium is a methodology that allows people to optimize their behavior.
3: There's a secret organization in Nexium. They sign a lifetime vow of obedience, and they're branding girls.
1: And they're trying to recruit other women to do this.
2: If everybody's following the leader, Sa duh, to, you know, in these cults, um, what kind of things are the leaders good at? It saying or doing that gets people to follow? Like, what would you have a sense of like what makes a good cult leader?
4: Oh, I charisma, mean, love bombing, um, the ability to also be very cruel to you, give you tastes of love, then take it away, isolating you.
0: Yeah. I mean, th- the thing is, you can form a cult from any idea. Like, there isn't one type of cult or like there's religious cults, there's self help cults,
4: there's man cults, there's, um, Acting cults, CrossFit. We just interviewed somebody who was like, CrossFit became a cult to me. It ruled my life. Um,
0: yeah, like you name it. If there's any desire for meaning or growth or community or connection, which we all have, there is someone who's really good at preying on those needs and those those very human desires.
3: One of the one of the things that you talked about, you kind of you fall into the group, right. and then suddenly you're trapped, and then you become so invested. That you believe Mm -hmm. and this is very much like the whole concept of romance scams you were talking about love bombing
4: well narcissists be narcissists (laughs) you know Mm. yeah a person who has no empathy whatsoever and Uh is willing to do whatever it takes to get whatever they need from you and they do not care what state they leave you in
0: the the actual diagnosis for these personality types is up for debate they could be someone who just have a different type of antisocial disorder it's all very nebulous still in the psychological very community. nuanced yes. But the, like there are people who you know you might consider maybe a psychopath more than a narcissist but regardless there are people who are not exhibiting empathy for others and are just acting um to sort of please themselves and gain power or money or whatever it is that they want for themselves
4: it's so cruel i mean that's romance schemes who could do such a thing really at the end of the day Make someone fall in love with, with you and it's not real. Uh, but cults are like making people fall in love with a meaning that's not real. It's just all I'm, to suit their needs at the end of the day. Right.
3: Well, because most people would say, I would never fall for that. Oh, yeah. You know, and, 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 except for the fact is that you, you don't realize that it. It's not a question of you're falling for it. It's a question of somebody appealing to you based on something you want or you need And then getting you to buy into it to the point where you're suddenly in, you're invested, and you're trapped.
0: 100%. No one is uh, advertising their group or even just themselves as a human, as a cult. What they're saying is, oh, I have this great community for you. Oh, I have this program that's really been helping people. I have this spirituality that, like, I have... All these people over here can attest that it's really changed their lives. You know, there's always something that's really wonderful about it. And, and, and so much of that does include love bombing and sort of lavishing attention on people, making them feel special and making them feel wanted, making them feel that sense of community. We see it happen in cults. We see it happen in abusive relationships. And we see it happen in romance scams.
2: We also see one common thread is money. Most cults involve money changing hands. From the inductee to the leader. Mm -hmm. All catfishing scams involve money changing hands. Mm -hmm. It is about how you can separate someone from their money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Barnum, you know, P.T. Barnum had a theory about how you could do that because there's a fool born every minute. But we're not necessarily talking about fools, we're talking about smart people who are willfully and uh, eagerly joining these groups, handing over all their dough and their will and their sense of self to someone else. You said love bombing is one thing that happens. What is another tactic that these cult leaders tend to have or or, uh, deploy to get people to join
0: I mean, frequently there will be something that Robert J. Lifton called mystical manipulation, which is sort of making it seem like a miracle has occurred or some sort of amazing coincidence. Anything yep. that can kind of like produce a feeling of um, like destiny or something being meant to be or or magical. A high within the person. Yes, exactly. Uh, a peak experience, essentially.
3: But isn't isn't it also where it's not always the leader of the cult that makes the pitch it's the people that follow them are essentially brainwashed into the point where they're they're making the pitch for the cult leader right yeah
0: yeah yeah um that's the best way to hide what you're doing is to have like pretty girls out there and doing the work for you and making it seem like
4: they're basically um Flirty fishing? Flirty fishing. Yeah, flirty fishing is when cults send out beautiful women or beautiful men to flirt with the intention of bringing these people back to the cult. But like other religions don't work that way. Obviously, the one I was born in wouldn't let you flirt.
0: Yeah, it it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual, but either way, it's like basically it's like they're like case studies. They're like, see, it worked for me. Like, see, I'm so happy. I'm so enlightened. Look at this community that we've built. Don't you want to be a part of this? And then it's like, oh, well, it's not even coming from the leader himself. It's coming from these people who he's actually helped or she's actually helped. There must be something here.
2: Join us and you will become attractive. (laughs) (laughs) This spring, get out there, enjoy the weather and recapture the magic of riding a bike L-E-C-T-R-I-C com.
3: Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back.
1: But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts.
2: There's a better way. The Rope Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change, so you can lose weight and actually keep it off.
3: Need support? Rope's got you covered every step of the way, and guess what? And $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash adam.
1: One thing I found striking with some of the stories we've heard about scammers is that um, they're not necessarily driven by any kind of pathology like a cult leader. Um, who can be, you know, a psychopath or a narcissist or something like that, in a lot of cases, actually fairly banal. They just look at that as their day job. They get up in the morning, they go to an internet cafe and start looking for targets. Is there that level of cynicism amongst cult leaders as well, or are they really a lot more or they're really just a different breed altogether?
0: I suspect it's a different breed personally. I mean, mm. I imagine that there are cases where there's overlap. But, you know, as I was telling Adam when he was on our podcast, like I once worked in a telemarketing scam room and I was just like it was just my job. And I didn't really like I wasn't a part of the closing of the deal. I just would like call people and initiate the scam and kind of just did what I was told. And had to quit because I didn't feel good about
4: it. Right, like you didn't know what you were getting into. And then you realized, oh, I'm scamming people. I scammed a priest and I was like, all
0: right, that's it for me. I'm done, yeah. Uh. But, But, you know, yeah, like typically with the cult leader, it's like, it's about power. It's about control over other people. Like, yes, there's money involved, but it's more about elevating themselves and getting that high. It does seem, and you guys can speak more to the types of people who scam people, but it does seem like that is more like, yeah, this is just what I do for money and... You know, this is how I learned how to do it, and this is how yeah. The it world's
4: not fair. These people have all this money; I have none, so I'm going to take it.
3: Now, obviously, obviously, one of the differences is, is that you you can actually see the cult leader, whereas yeah. with a lot of the people who are scamming you, especially online, you never see them. And if you do see them, it isn't the them; it's mm-hmm. somebody masquerading as someone else,
0: right? Or it well, could even
3: be a, a boiler room, which in some ways is also a little similar to a cult because Followers are making the pitch and sometimes, you know, boiler rooms are a lot of different people are making the pitch, but you don't know that it's a lot of different people.
0: Right. It's a
2: common thread between a cult leader, somebody who's uh, intent on that kind of narcissistic drive to power and, and, and a catfisher or, or a hacker, the lack of empathy It might be that there's a they put they put their goal in front of any sense of humanity, but I don't know because I can't believe that a cult leader. So tell me if I'm wrong, but the cult leaders that you guys have known or have heard about, do they have empathy? Do they actually believe that they love their followers? Or I mean, I'm sure it's not all one thing, but it isn't. Yeah, yeah.
0: well, this is the question we ask every time we have a guest on, I mean, who's had a cultic experience, and the answer is always, uh, like, only one person knows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like my, my prophet, in quotation marks, who I believed yeah. in, like, he, I do not believe that he has empathy, but he, there have been periods where he's, like, admitted what he's done in a very sort of shrewd, calculating way, and then other periods where he retracts that, and he says that was all just a test and you know like it it's really impossible to know especially because frequently they do
4: really change their story like all the time but some people buy their own bullshit and are like i am literally a god i do yeah some i some do but i don't think all of them do no not yeah. at all and just to speak to catfishing or what you were saying before we are sure. seeing a lot of cult leaders on the like TikTok or the internet grow, who are using pictures that aren't even of themselves, so or just so heavily edited, so heavily edited, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well, that's interesting. So there's a so 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 maybe on online culture has created a new opening for these cult leaders to totally. become more like catfishers.
4: Totally, with their, yeah, yeah.
2: Filters and and their scripts and their you know ability to create a very perfect
0: reality. Totally, yeah. yeah. Where we are. Seeing more and more like wellness type influencers who are very harmful to their followers. They're giving them very dangerous advice. They're taking too much control over their lives. And it really is this like sort of TikTok, Instagram culture that seems to be giving rise to that.
4: Well, this woman starts people off on a cleanse. Oh my God, do my cleanse. Okay, I'll do a cleanse. And then suddenly it's okay if you listen to my by whatever beats and my meditations while you do this cleanse it'll help and then suddenly you're in a little bit deeper and then you're in this little group chat and then you're in this and then you're in that and then suddenly you don't live with your family anymore and you're like I just wanted to go on a cleanse so wellness is a really great way in for these people because they can start you off with something that you see very real tangible results with immediately and there's always a grain of truth in it there's and there's always like a little grain of truth and it works and there's like You know, for the moment when that scammer is getting into somebody's life, they are less lonely. They do feel great. And then you're hooked. Yeah.
3: Well, that's it. It's like, I can give you a reward. I can give you a benefit. Just follow me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, in your experience, what are, you talked about cleansing. What are some of the other benefits or rewards that could hook someone in? And how can people be more on guard against it?
0: I mean, you name it, (laughs) like you name it, like people we've heard people say that they had they genuinely had the most spiritual experiences that they've ever had in their groups or it really was helping their acting at first or they really did have the best friends they'd ever had in their entire lives. Whatever need exists, there is someone out there claiming to fix it and actually fixing it
4: apparently for a period. I mean. Being a parent, being like a fake parent, that's kind of what the Sarah Lawrence cult. You know, he was a
0: feeling the need for like a dad,
4: need for that protective dad. And I don't know if you guys have seen the Sarah Lawrence documentary, but one of the girls that the first women to join was like a shut in. She would never leave her room. And she started working with Larry and suddenly she became this vibrant social butterfly. And so it worked like something. He he was doing it correctly. And then everybody around them are like, oh, I want to talk to Larry.
0: Yeah. I mean, in Nexium and in many, many cults, like Keith Raniere was pulling from actual psychology concepts like they're taking or like pulling from, you know, just basic mindfulness stuff that we know scientifically actually can have a benefit, but they're repackaging it. And so if you're experiencing that benefit and it's coming from from this person, you, you attribute it to the person instead of, well, yeah, like actually sharing your trauma when you've been hiding it your whole life can be helpful. Yeah. You know. And Nexium promised people success. Right. Yeah. And they're surrounded by very successful people. And, you know, that seemed to be working.
1: Uh, One thing that we've seen, especially with the romance scams in general, but a lot of the social engineering is that these people are very good at getting um, information about you that you wouldn't usually share. And I would imagine that cults have a lot of overlap with that as well. Uh, What are a couple of just main tactics that you'd get to have someone, uh, you know, sort of open up or tell some really deep secrets uh, to someone that you wouldn't really do that if you were sitting next to them, like on a bus, for instance.
0: I mean, it it really depends on the group. We, I mean, we've had people on who, we had on a guy who um, exposes like psychic frauds, which was super interesting because, I mean, there are many people who are, who are claiming to be psychics who actually a friend of mine, Noelle, um, Noelle Wells, she went on a retreat with a, woman who claimed to have psychic ability and she was going to heal them it was one of these like sort of spiritual wellness retreats and she was like contacting everyone's like deceased family members or whatever and then she gets to noelle and she starts giving these like names and details and it was like no 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 (laughs) later on she googles it there is a different noelle wells who had deceased family members of those names in other words, she was just literally Googling. And, and there was an A
4: yeah. list actress on this retreat with her. There
0: was an A list actress. So yeah.
4: you can see how you would be like, well, this retreat m- must be awesome.
2: I have to say that an A list actress or actor would be one of the easier people to get to join. <laughs> so <I laughs> mean, if you've heard, you live in Hollywood, True. you know.
0: Yeah. We're all broken. <laughs> We're all in need of some help.
4: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how does Scientology get people to open up? It just. They hook you up to a little I'm like thinking out loud, but they hook you up to a thing that's like this'll help you if you get honest and then they have all your secrets and they just blackmail you forever. Well, but
2: That's my understanding. So yeah.
0: but so I did, you know, I've told this story a few times, but I, I did do the like Scientology um like stress test and IQ test. And what they did was tell exactly as you guys were saying, they like they told us at the end that we were really, really I went with a, a boy on a date. That we were really, <laughs> really, really, really <laughs> intelligent, but we were really like struggling emotionally. And for me, my anxiety was unusually high. And for him, his depression was unusually high. So then they separate you and they isolate you. And then they're like, but I can see that you're having this problem. And for him, he has depression, a history of depression in his family and in himself. So he's like, she's right. And even knowing that we know, you know, we know what Scientology is, a part of him was still like, well, if they can see this in me, then there must be really something to this. And this, like, part of him was like wanting to share with her, and that, you know, that's just one of the many different kinds of manipulation tactics that happen. Where you, if you can make someone feel seen, they're going to be more willing to share things with you.
2: Now, and that is exactly how catfishers work. I looked at the uh, that same questionnaire. They have like a questionnaire for the Scientologists, and uh, and I I looked at it one day probably it was quite a long time ago probably drunk and stoned and i (laughs) i um given when it was so the the uh at noon no the um and i and one of the questions was do you whistle in public like a song do you whistle songs in public and i looked at the guy i was looking at it he was looking at me look at it and i was like is that a problem whistling in public he goes i don't know is it And I was like, oh my God, I'm so out of here, you abusive twit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. That's
0: one of the things I noticed that the IQ test was not, they were not questions that have objective answers. It wasn't like basic grammar and like math calculations, but it it was like totally subjective, weird, amorphous questions that clearly don't have a correct answer. So they can spin it however they want to spin it.
2: Do you whistle in public? you cad you horrible person let me mm-hmm. fix you i'll fix you because you know why you do that <laughs> i so know why you do that No, no. but the, but that's what a catfisher does they look up you know oh maybe they can find out a little something about you you know it's not that hard to see for instance if i know who you are uh not you because i don't want to bum anyone out but like if i know who someone is i can look them up and i can see for instance their name pop up in a Uh, survival list of uh, on an obituary and then i can say like oh i see that so and so died when you were this age and like so there's a big gaping hole in your soul let me Mm -hmm. go talk to you about that Mm -hmm. i see that maybe you lost somebody some at a very gentle horrible time in your life that you couldn't where you couldn't
3: handle it well i've got the solution
2: it's me
0: Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> exactly yeah the
3: system is broken and only i can fix it
0: totally yeah. we also had on this guy um vikram gandhi who did a little experiment where he pretended to be a spiritual leader um and made a documentary out of it but we asked like how he would find the people who wanted who like believed in the thing and how he knew what the right thing to say was and he said that it was it was almost like a self-selection process like if it's if the information isn't the right thing for that person, then they'll just move on. And the people who do need to hear that thing at that time are the ones who will stick around.
2: Okay, and that is the exact same thing with pig butchers. So a pig butchering scam is when you get a text out of the blue and it says, oh my God, I got that underwear and it totally didn't fit. And then you're like, what? Mm. And they write back and they go, isn't this Bob? And you're like, nope, it's not Bob, Mm. it's Bo." and they go oh hey how are you
0: mm-hmm. how you doing right right you, know,
2: you you should definitely not get this underwear <laughs> and they they charisma bomb you and Ooh. um and and so you get into a, a rhythm with them friendship wise and eventually they ask you for money um
4: right and people
2: get addicted and people get addicted well, that's, to their scammers well
4: that's the thing he at the end of the documentary was like y'all i'm not a real prophet and they were like, "Yes, you are."
0: Or you like, just "Oh, this was are. the ultimate lesson." This, yeah, you, you taught us. Yeah, they
4: couldn't. They could not. Some of them. Some of some them. Some of them.
3: So here's the deal: I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works, not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck. I've been using them for years before they ever call to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing, and I need to make split-second financial decisions, and that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks, and I trade options, and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. On this show... We talk a lot about things that make people more susceptible to getting scammed, right? Mm-hmm. Responding to a text from somebody you don't know, reusing passwords if your credit isn't locked, these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So in in your world, in the world of cults, are there any characteristics of individuals who are more likely to fall for these cults? Because I'm wondering if there's a way to look at that and look at what happens in cyber and mm-hmm. see the, the connection
0: we get asked this a lot and we've asked this a lot of various experts and the answer just really seems to be no um it what can be a commonality is if someone has experienced some kind of uprooting or major life change recently that makes that could make them more susceptible or vulnerable in that moment but it's not like there are personality characteristics and we even we even asked that of like a conspiracy theory expert and he said the same thing it's not really about personality traits it's about like a moment in your life. So get it, them at the right time. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah. So I, I have, for example, had like a sort of a bad mental health year in like 2021. And fortunately, like we do this podcast, I've had the experiences I've had. Like, I don't think, I think I'm hopefully well equipped at this point, but I, that would have been the time. If you were someone who trying to manipulate me, that would have been the time to get in there and like, help me feel like there was some meaning, life. Mm-hmm. you know?
2: And now is there a way it seems like in at least in the world that we cover uh people are you know kind of actively looking for uh targets but they cast a really wide net mainly and that really wide net will pick up who it picks up and so you'll kind of know them by their presence in your net (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean the cults uh have the equivalent of like spam email and 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 uh you know other things that you know but, but pig butchering scams will they just call a random number or, or do they really rely on sending out um I forget what you call them but these flirts um Oh you well know? they
4: do everything. I was just telling Lola she had a letter here that's very beautifully like transcribed her name and I was like have you been getting the Scientology letters where they they make it look like they hand printed your name on the front. And then you're like, I got Mm. mail from somebody and you open it up and it's Scientology.
0: Um, The internet really has opened up the, the, like there are just myriad ways in which you can get people in. I would say flirty fishing was like primarily a, that was like very much a seventies thing.
4: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was just going to add when you guys said like, is there any person that's more susceptible, maybe lonely person like our, Our world is becoming so much more disconnected, and I always repeat this over and over because it's one of the most interesting things I've learned from doing this podcast, but all of the experts say you should have a community coming from several different places. So just don't have community coming from one place, and then Mm. you won't get sucked into it entirely. So maybe you have your exercise community, you have your whatever, your book club, your girlfriends that you meet every Friday night, whatever. But it's not all sourced from one place, and so you're out there, you're living life, you have company, you're not cut off from everybody. But it's not all directed towards one person and one thing.
3: No, because that—that's exactly what I was about to ask you. Is that are there practical steps that people can take to like yeah. better insulate themselves from falling for cults? But you just said it. It's basically have different communities.
0: One hundred percent.
2: Yeah for the Eleanor Rigby's of the world, you know, they're not going to join any cults. You know, they're not going to do anything. They're just going to stay at home. That used to be the case. Now with the internet, they have plenty of points of contact with, you know, the void and the, you know, nature whores a vacuum. And I think scammers, and it sounds like cults alike are attracted to people who are looking into the like, gaping maw of a vacuum and looking for something and there's the answer boom it's me it's a cult or it's me it's a catfish, catfisher it's 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 anything you know but you're not talking about people with community you're not talking about people who go to you know cook for the elderly on sundays and 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 coach a team on fr- tuesdays and and you know you don't that's not that person
0: right i mean even in online communities though I, I, diversifying is incredibly important like we, you know, we had, there are people who get sucked into fandoms online and then mm. the only part of the internet that they're ever looking at is this, this particular fandom that's telling them to behave a particular way. And then suddenly they're, they are, they're on the internet, they have access to information, but they're still isolated. So yeah. I, we encourage people to, you know, even on the internet, try to broaden the content that you're consuming and the people that you're talking to and ask what other people think about what you're experiencing to get some outside perspective because your world can get even smaller and smaller and smaller. if not.
2: Yeah, Travis, you should stop watching Star Trek so much. Yeah, yeah Travis. Travis. I don't watch Star Trek, Star man. Star Wars. Star Wars.
4: <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> I always
2: get it wrong. Hilarious. I always get it wrong and it always him That is him so up. different. <laughs> Let's say you have a relative who is addicted to their catfisher Mm. they've become a money mule they have become this they become that they absolutely refuse to believe that this person is not really in love with them it sounds a lot like a person who belongs to a cult Mm -hmm. what do you do to get through to that person what what is the what recommendations do you have for somebody who needs to hear like no
4: you connect with them and you don't tell them no right off the bat You say, tell me more about this person. Oh, that's so interesting. Really? Ah, what is is it about that that you like?
2: Well, I like that he calls me and asks me how my day went.
4: Oh, so you need more asking of how your day went. Sure,
2: call me. Yes, call me, tell me, ask me, tell me. Tell me how my day went.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Who knows how to get somebody out of that, but I think not saying, hey, you're in a cult, I'm here to get you out. You can't do that. Basically, yeah, if you attack
0: someone's belief directly, what it's doing is making them feel attacked personally. It's attacking their identity, and that will make any person defensive. Double so down. If, exactly. Like, if you showcase curiosity, show them care, and maybe, like, throw in a story or two about a similar situation that's happening and let them connect the dots on their own, these can be the sorts of things that start to wake people up. But we really do hear over and over and over again that someone just being like, you're in a cult, you're in an abusive relationship. The, the situation is bad. It just doesn't penetrate. It makes them feel more like, it just dig, dig their heels in further.
3: So instead of telling your relative who's being catfished, hey, you're being catfished, maybe try, let's go see a movie together. Totally, totally.
2: The whole point being that you just have to out Don Juan, the Don Juan, who's Don Juan's your Don.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, sure. that's a great
2: sentence. <laughs> I like that. Out Don I like Juan, that too. the one who's your Juan.
1: Yeah. Don Juan. One of the tricky things, though, with the scammers, in a lot of cases, that speed is of the essence.
4: Mm. Um, oh, God, Someone yeah. can
1: be addicted to their scammer, but you really want to stop them before they wire that $50,000. for
4: it's their so so true. Or sign
1: their house over. And uh, I can see that sort of being a uh, tricky thing to balance there.
4: Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go to a movie before you transfer our entire life savings away? Yeah. Uh, Not (laughs) exactly the
2: same.
4: (laughs) Oh my God, you're about to transfer
2: a million dollars? Yeah. Let's go see John Wick 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's (laughs) ice cream
3: first. Yeah. (laughs) This has been great. We really appreciate it. You know, today we we talk about cults and scammers that they, they both use social engineering. Uh, They manipulate targets, they create a target of isolation and dependence. Mm -hmm. And they use similar tactics like build rapport, scare people, control their information. And in both cases, the underlying principle of psychological manipulation is the same. So it's important for people to be aware of these tactics and take steps to protect themselves from becoming victims of social engineering. Anyway, we, we can't thank Lola and Megan enough for being on our show. Well, we probably could thank you enough, but... Um,
4: it's been so great.
3: You'll determine the terms of the thank you. <laughs> but they have a fantastic podcast where they were kind enough to let me come on. and That
4: was a wonderful episode.
3: It's called Trust Me, and it's available everywhere that you get your podcasts. And if people want to learn more about Megan and Lola, where do they go?
0: On Instagram, I am Ola Lola. Um can any O O H L A L O L A. And on Twitter, I am Ola Lola, but I don't really use that website anymore because it's bad.
4: I'm on Instagram as Megan Elizabeth Granger, G-R-A-I-N-G-E-R. But then there's also a little website I want to shout out called voicesfortruth.org, which is the two by two, um, the cult I was raised in, prosecution of some sexual crimes that have been committed so if anybody's listening and was raised in that group please go to that website because there is resources for you
2: and megan is spelled m-e-a-g-a-n yeah. that's the way they spell it in cults
0: <laughs> thank you so much for having us thank
4: you that was really wonderful
2: and now it's time for our tin force one
3: our paranoid takeaway to keep you safe online <laughs> Adam, what's on your mind this week? My mind is heavy. As you may know, the FBI released a warning on Twitter against charging your device on public stations.
2: Okay, so you mean like kiosks at airports. What's the problem?
1: Well, just about any mobile phone is going to use the same port and the same cord to transfer data and to charge the device. And so while that was a clever design and it saved space on the device itself, it also means that your device could be having its data read while it's charging.
3: Or it could have malware uploaded on it. Right. So the FBI gave advice, or at least one of its field offices did, which we're sharing here, is to not use them at all. It was a field office. All right. Ugh. Ugh. I really what? don't
2: care. Is this just theoretical? Come on.
1: Kind of, but not really. Some people have made rogue iPhone charging cords that have tiny little chips in them that can hack the devices they're connected to. And you can even just mm. buy them online. It's part of a hacking tactic called juice jacking that's been written about
2: and demonstrated.
3: And it's been demonstrated multiple times at hacking forums. Though we haven't seen any actual documented cases in the wild.
2: Well, I bet you that people in divorces use them and stuff like that. But come on, how common is this?
1: We don't really know. I mean, the NSA did issue a similar advisory to their employees a few years back. So it could be out there, but it would be a really hard thing to capture in the act. And hackers have demonstrated that it's possible. So there's definitely a risk.
3: Okay, so what should people do? If you're traveling, bring your own charging cord with you and your own AC adapter. Think of it the same way as packing your own toothbrush. Ew. Ew. You have to pack your own toothbrush. I mean, you're not going to want to use somebody else's, especially if it's available to everybody. Well, that's not
2: true. I have a little fetish where I like to use other people's toothbrushes. But anyway, (laughs) um, what if you forget to bring your own cable, though?
1: Well, there is something out there called a USB blocker, which is also called a USB condom. And what that does (laughs) is it blocks any data transfer over a USB cable. So it would only charge your phone.
2: Okay, so if you don't want an STD or an ETD or, I don't yeah, I mean, whatever. So there's a lot of information on our phones. And yeah, a lot can happen if someone gets into them. Uh, and I guess there's a good reason to keep it safe. I just don't feel like this is going to be an issue. Adam?
3: Well, think about the things that we have on all our devices, payment histories, apps connected to bank accounts, and a whole lot more. And every time you plug that device into a public station, you might be making that data accessible to a cybercrow.
2: Yeah, and every time that I get out of the shower, I might be stepping in front of a giant audience clapping to hear me sing an Elton John song. But I'm not, usually. It's just Such a, a freaking bathroom. <sighs> All right, well, I just don't think that this is an issue. Yeah, I mean, sure I would imagine
1: most kiosks are totally safe and most iPhone and USB cords are exactly what they seem but there is still a risk, and it's a risk that can be mitigated pretty easily just by bringing a cord and a brick
2: with you. A brick. Uh, oh, you don't mean a brick like to hit somebody trying to get into the yeah, AC adapter. <laughs>
3: okay. well, I don't know. i like to carry a brick with me. But it, anyway, considering how much data we carry with us on our phones, is it really worth taking the risk? I don't think so. Especially if we can just keep a cord and an adapter in your pocket or your laptop bag.
2: Oh, that's right. That's our tinfoil swan.
3: What the Hack with Adam Levin is a production of Loud Tree Media, produced by Andrew Steven and Travis Taylor. Our executive producers are Bo Friedlander and Adam Levin. That's me. You can find us online at adamlevin.com and Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Adam K. Levin. Come back next week
1: and rate and review. It really helps people find the show.